Thank you for inviting us here today. I particularly want to express my gratitude to the event sponsors for uh, Andreessen Horowitz's Pitching for Peace Symposium. I know that we in the tech community have a lot to offer for, for the tragic events happening in Eastern Europe right now. And I think we have the technologies and the ideas that can really contribute to a better world. So I want to cast your mind back to World War One, World War Two. You've surely heard of war bonds, right? The, so it was a great way for a government to generate community investment into uh, defense, uh, into democratization, into securing democracy in the world. Similarly with Victory Gardens, where everyday people could contribute to the war effort, to a better world. Well, we have now, thanks to the decentralized networks, thanks to the power of Web3, we now have the ability to move beyond war bonds, to move beyond victory gardens. What Ukraine has right now is a golden opportunity to mint NFTs of unique and important moments in the conflict. By selling these NFTs, they'll be able to fund defense while generating community. We all know that World War III will be Web3 native. And thus we also all know that the winner will embrace the power of decentralized networks. Join me in making Web3 a powerful weapon in the fight of War III. And I wanna now hand it over to my colleague, Edward Angueso Jr., who I think has a, a, a brilliant idea that will really complement and really show the power of Web3 uh, for these tragic times. Thank you, Jathan, for that, that really heartfelt and inspiring pitch. You know, that's why we at, at PeaceDAO are working day and night to figure out a way to, to, to take war out of this world and put peace on the blockchain. We are looking to build a DAO on the Avalanche Network that's going to allow holders to research and analyze and fund different types of foreign policies, policy initiatives, diplomatic gestures, and propose and vote on them across different blockchains and decide how much our treasury as a whole is going to invest in making those a reality. We are going to make peace something that we can all achieve strategically and profitably. We're going to be combining the collective intelligence of all the people yearning for peace in this world with the democratic decision-making that is inherent to this decentralized crypto community with smart investments and interventions at key points of various ecosystems, right? We are looking for high yield and there's nothing higher yield than peace with a token behind it. You know, you've heard of DAOs that have niches that are in gaming or NFTs or coding or investing. Similarly, we'll have sub DAOs invested in the niches of peace in figuring out how to incentivize war profiteers to make forests, not bombs, to train dogs to sniff out landmines, to uh, figure out uh, ways to propagate, I mean, educate groups of people across this world so that we can come together and think about the best way for all of us to make money and peace in NFTs, in the metaverse, in Web3, in the blockchain. Thank you, Ed. And I just, I just want to leave you all with that message today that peace is immutable. Peace is immutable. Hello, friends and enemies. It's episode 141 of This Machine Kills. I'm Jathan, joined by Ed and producer Jeremy, as always. <laughs> the, the pitching for peace event. <laughs> so, look, there, there is obviously a lot going on right now in the world right now. You know, there, there is a lot to talk about. Also, is, is, there's too much 
to really have a solid crystal clear analysis. You know, it's too early. It's too much still going on. By the time this episode comes out, whatever we try to talk about with Ukraine, with Russia, with the war, uh, will be out of date, obsolete. And we're just not, and we're also not the people to, to be giving you, you know, hot takes and hot analysis on this. There's way enough, uh, there's way more than enough of that already going on on Twitter from, uh, fucking, you know, the, the, the regular, uh, bozos of, you know, no opinion, Matt Iglesias, um, you know, all the, all the liberal commentators are, are out in full force. You know, they've been cheering for this, uh, to happen. This is a huge boon for their career. Um, but what we are equipped to do is talk about the absurd, uh, response to this from the, the Web3 community right now, who have also ne- never let a, never let a good crisis go to waste, right? And, and that community knows that better than anything. And there's just been some of the most absurd takes on how crypto or NFTs or blockchain or DAOs or Web3 or whatever is going to, you know, play a big part. This is the first, you know, crypto war, as people are saying. Um, but <laughs> also, before we get to all that, before we do a little roundup and talk about some of the actually absurd stuff people are proposing, very straight face, uh, <laughs> perhaps no one is more mad about, uh, you know, p- mad at these people as they are at me currently online. People are, <laughs> very, people are big mad at me right now <laughs> because I... Yeah, tell them what you did, Jason. Tell them what you did. <laughs> Repent. I was just... Just I was I, I just out of my own mind. I straight face tweeted out the uh, the NFT war bonds pitch online. Just no no indications that was a bit that was satire. I just tweeted it out straight faced, and uh, it's now been about twenty four hours of people yelling at me <laughs> a lot. Um, for, well, I mean, one thinking that I'm serious that I am like you know, actually proposing that uh, Ukraine should be minting NFTs to fund uh, its defense and to fund the war. And <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, the, the tweet got picked up by some really big accounts and uh, especially some like big DSA leftist YouTuber accounts who like quote, tw- who saw it, quote tweeted it, Took it on, on, you know, took it at face value. And that just was, that just stirred up the hornet's nest. Uh, it, the, the responses have gone from about two thirds of people telling me to kill myself, uh, a third of people saying that this is, uh, masterful trolling and that they almost took mm-hmm. the bait. And then finally going full circle to people realizing it's satire, but then getting mad at me for making a joke. <laughs> so I'm getting the full spectrum uh, of, of responses. You're getting everything. <laughs> I will never get this because I'm not a, a online personality, I guess, like you guys are. But I could never imagine a world where I get a death threat for like an idea I had while taking a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to posting, baby. Welcome that, to posting. They call it shit posting for a reason because it's posting That's you do right. while taking a shit. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, and honestly, it was really in, it was an inspired bit from you. You talked a little bit about this later, right? Where it shows to an extent how angry and how vicious. A lot of the people may be in your immediate orbit, but also in general, once it leaked to other parts of the internet, are when it comes to Web3 or NFTs or crypto or metaverse or any of this, you know, uh, doe-eyed bullshit. But that that the hair trigger has also also short-circuited some of the ability to think through whether or not something is a bit. And I think that's also an overlapping problem with like this. That's probably in one way or another linked to the inability of people to like discern whether this or that project is a scam, right? And whether a smart or critical ways to think and criticize it in addition to making fun of it, right? Like these are all problems that are plaguing us right now. People are not thinking about it correctly. And when they make their criticisms falling flat on their face and giving ammunition to the enemy, but also people reacting way too sharply to jokes um, and, and getting a little too mad online when they should be having some fun. 
and also not discerning scams. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I cannot be mad at people. I, I, I set out some troll. I set out some bait and people bait. took the bait. <laughs> and it was great it was bait. Great bait. <laughs> <laughs> you listen, you know, in another life, you might have got me. <laughs> I, I saw it. I howled immediately and I quote tweeted immediately. It was great. It was good. <laughs> and I can't be mad at people for taking the bait. I mean, it's what I did. Like, I knew what I was doing <laughs> when I threw it out there. Uh, uh, and and it was it it stayed quiet for a little while until it escaped my like my my sphere of Twitter right until it got into like other parts of Twitter other parts of the internet where people no longer had an association of like of who I am versus what I'm saying you know now that now I'm just some rando guy like now I'm just some rando blue check on Twitter uh, you mm-hmm. know tweeting something that for all intents and purposes, is real. I mean, people could take it as very serious and, and and for a reason. I mean, I think there's a couple of things here. One is that actually, like, I've, I haven't muted the tweet yet, even though I've been getting just just in like crazy amounts of replies and quote tweets. I've been reading almost all of them um, because I find it to be really funny, but also because I find it to be uh, like I'm there's a little bit of hope there as well like it does show me you know that there is a ton of people with a hair trigger waiting to blast on web3 bullshit uh you know waiting to just like not let it slide you know I said it in a I said it in purposely in a tone that was like very serious very unashamed uh like you know mimicking the exact kind of like yeah, doe-eyed, uh, you know, worldview, baby brain worldview that these people have. And, you know, it's easy to let that shit slide to just be like, ah, just another dumb post on Twitter. But I actually find it to be helpful that people instead took it upon themselves to shame me into oblivion <laughs> for saying it. Right. And it's like, <laughs> that's right. what we need. I mean, like, you know, we need that kind of, uh, that kind of internet, uh, harassment and bullying of, uh, uh, where, of people who actually deserve, deserve to be dogpiled, you know? Um, mm-hmm. you know, you can't, you can't just let that shit slide. So it was very enlightening to walk a day in the clown shoes of these Web3 bozos. You know, it really gave me an outlook as to what it must be like to tweet like them, especially when one of your tweets escapes your own, uh, community, you know, your own sphere of sycophants right. uh, and useful idiots. I'm looking forward to the your segment on the in the next John Ronson documentary. <laughs> yeah, I've been canceled. I was canceled for 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 making jokes. Uh, you know, You're who's going to come to my? <laughs> yeah, who who's going to come to my 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 defense? This is freedom of speech. I got I got canceled for making satire. <laughs> <laughs> Which it also gives me a, a just I mean I don't do I don't do that kind of bait all that often but it also does give me a sense of people like you Ed but also a friend of the show um, Hussein Kesvani who regularly does shit like this on Twitter yeah. you know people who just lay out these bait ha, lay out bait have these long running bits that they do um, and like regularly will get yelled at from as soon as one of their bits escapes their own. Uh, Twitter followers. I love it. It's, uh, or, you know, one of my favorite is when, uh, the bit offends a specific group of people and they tell you like, you can't actually make the joke. You know, one of my favorites that escaped my orbit was when I said some shit about how capitalists would rather open a portal to hell instead of go green because, uh, an oil rig in Mexico blew up and it made a fiery vortex and people like actually actually um actually it's when state-owned uh, company uh, state-owned uh, oil production capitalist and it's like oh <laughs> fuck off <laughs> eat my ass tell me how it tastes <laughs> fuck off i don't care i don't want to hear it i don't want to hear it i think also one thing i do enjoy seeing is the not only the amplification of it but as some people did point out, you know, that is an idea that could be done. I mean, it was done, right? In a way, like Associated Press created an NFT uh, that one of their photojournalists did of refugee migrants, of migrant refugees in a lifeboat and tried to say in, um, they apparently have a director of NFTs or some bullshit. Um, 
and he tried to defend it in a Q&A on Discord that went, or Slack, one of the two that went horribly wrong so he deleted everyone's comments. And he's trying to say it's going to help fund the photojournalism and they included everyone in the decision, blah, 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 blah. You know, like people are doing this and people are going to do this. I think that you, if Ukraine does this, I will hold you personally accountable. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think the cat is out of the bag. Um, <laughs> you know, it is happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that is that's that is important and that's a, a, a great segue here. Ed. But that is also important to realize is that like a number of people were telling me to put the lathe down, and man, I wish I had the, the power of the lathe of heaven that I could just wheel stuff into existence. I don't, I don't have that power, unfortunately. Uh, but it's also, I mean, it's important to note that like my 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 parody preceded what people are actually doing. You know, you meant you talked about the. Uh, you know, AP photographer minting an NFT of the refugees. That almost had a bit of like a Fuji's type rhythm to it. The AP photographer minting an NFT of the refugees. I'm on my Lauren Hill shit right now. Anyway. It, it almost has me borderline wanting to go through and look and see if I still have insurance pictures from Hurricane Katrina that I can mint and sell if people want to cash in on someone else's tragedies. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, that is the thing, though. People are actually doing this. There are a number of really absurd, really dumb Web3 things going on about, you know, people talking about, like, how can we use NFTs to help, you know, spread, raise charity and do humanitarian aid for people in Ukraine. I mean, you mentioned that, like, you know, if the if Ukraine actually does the NFT thing that you're holding me accountable, as you should, but also at the same time, the the official... Uh, Twitter account for Ukraine um, tweeted out to, I don't know if you saw this, but they tweeted out to Elon Musk being like, Elon Musk, please help us. Uh, that, you know, the official verified at Ukraine account, um, you know, tweeting out like, you, you know, Elon Musk, please help us. And he did. He turned on the Starlink. You know, he said, you know, he said, we're, all right, I'm going, I'm going to get the Starlink over to y'all. Starlink is now activated. More terminals are coming online. And, and people, people predictably, Dick wrote him real hard for it. They clapped, you know, they, they, they banged their drums together. They said, Elon Musk is like a real life superhero. That was some of the tweets I saw. Uh, you know, he's actually out here doing this. He's Iron Man, Iron Man. Um, without realizing that, like all of these things, it's all just bullshit. It's spectacle. It's scam. It's fictitious. I mean, the Elon Musk stuff is funny, right? Where it's just like, you know, I saw a number of people being like, Starlink is over Ukraine now. This is a, you know, that's going to give the Ukrainian people and Ukrainian government and Ukrainian military access to the highest speed satellite internet, which is, you know, immune to cyber attacks from Russia because, you know, Russia would have to do a cyber attack on uh, foreign servers in the U.S. or whatever. They, they can't do that. You, but that shit's useless unless you got the specific satellite dish and the app needed to make to to plug into uh, Starlink. Right. You think people in Ukraine got that satellite dish? I saw a number of people also tweeting, "I'll send my Starlink satellite dish to Ukraine. Just give me an address. I'll do it oh right my now." <laughs> Y'all are dumb. <laughs> you have to buy the hardware. Right. You have to buy the hardware and you have to also have other hardware for internet access. And then don't you still have to pay for service? Is it not? It's you not also free. need electricity. Not, you need electricity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he solved it. He saved it. He saved the internet. You can't block Bitcoin and you block, you can't block Starlink. Did somewhere in the past 20 years, did we go through a black hole that just made us all stupid? Yes. <laughs> yes yeah. i did me personally it's <laughs> called twitter and uh but more specifically it's called the crypto community and uh twitter which has by sheer friction uh with this immovable object sheared the top layer of my cerebellum off slowly layer by layer it's horrible mm. it's like a it's, it's a it's a knife the thinness of one atom just slicing yeah. off layers. It's like actually sashimi. a modern retelling of the flowers for Algernon. If you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
all this stuff is just pure spectacle and it's also scams and it's also it goes back to what you were saying earlier edward it's not only impossible now you know as a lot of people on my on my on my tweet my shit post said uh that this is pose law right pose law yeah. being you know that it's you know it, it, impossible to distinguish between you know satire or seriousness if the author's intentions are you know um out of context right and and a number of people being like this this is a masterclass in pose law um but it's also like that is just the fact of the matter with web3 as well is it's, it's not yeah. just the the problem of satire or serious it's the problem of what's serious and what's a scam that's the that's the pose law of web3 is it is impossible to distinguish when when people are actually doing this in good faith but they're just baby brained about it or right. if they're doing this in bad faith and they're just you know hustlers grifters or now trying to become war profiteers right which is also what you see uh you know this is the innovation of web3 right is it's giving us new ways to do war profiteering we can we'll go through it uh because there's there's a really great art the roundup article on on motherboard vice by one of your colleagues uh maxwell strachan um is that is that how you say the name Ed? Yep, that's the name yeah, so Maxwell Strachan did this really good roundup uh, titled Crypto Community Rushes to Ukraine's Defense Armed with NFTs, DAOs. Uh, Web3 is positioned to help people during oppression, uh, wrote one crypto enthusiast. Let's save some lives, wrote another one. And he walks through how there's a number of people out here being like, I'm minting NFTs uh, for Ukraine. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm organizing... <laughs> this is maybe one of my favorites um is that pussy riot right oh, the yeah. russian punk fan started ukraine dow and bought yes. the nft of the ukrainian flag as mm -hmm. a way of being like this is how we're going to help give support to the to the people in ukraine <laughs> it's really beautiful and uh honestly i think that look they're going to do something even more brilliant, I'm sure, which is just give Putin an NFT of Ukraine. And if he, if they do that, as some people suggested online, maybe he'll be satisfied with that, his ownership, instead of actually invading the country, right? I did see that. <laughs> Can someone please just give Putin an NFT of Ukraine and say this is Ukraine? I also did see people actually saying... Uh, it's too bad that this conflict didn't happen um, before the metaverse was fully operational because otherwise then they could do the war in the metaverse yeah, uh, yeah, instead, of yeah. in real, instead of real world. Yeah, let's have a war in the metaverse. Who said that? That's one of the dumbest things I ever heard. Oh, I mean, I think, okay, so the future, we're moving the media companies onto metaverse, warfare onto metaverse, hangouts onto the metaverse. What else? crime protocol also had a really good roundup of some of this stuff in their fintech newsletter and so we'll i mean we'll throw links to all this stuff in the in the uh episode description but i mean dive into it and look at it uh at your own risk you know we're 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 doing we're we're gonna help you be a little bit removed from it we're uh, taking this stuff into our brain so you don't have to um but the, uh michael fasanello who's uh part of the blockchain intelligence group um, told protocol quote what fascinates me is that crypto will now be front and center for use by both russia and ukraine in this fight that's just the neutrality of crypto right is it can be used by russia or by ukraine i also saw uh, a number of people saying stuff around how like Russia is going to, you know, be leaning on crypto to circumvent global sanctions that are increasingly strangling their economy, as Fasanello also put it. Um, I saw another guy who's like a, a, a certified, what, uh, anti-scam or an anti-money laundering. Yeah, Ross L. Ross S. Delston, an expert on anti-money laundering compliance, told CNN, quote, if the Russians decide, and they're already doing this, I'm sure, to avoid using any currency other than cryptocurrency, they can effectively avoid virtually all of the economic sanctions. Yeah. So you heard it here today, folks, is that Russia is no longer using fiat. Russia is now crypto island. Uh, you don't need to build that shit out you know, in the Pacific 
specific uh, anymore, you know, and that's, and you don't need to build crypto land anymore. That's Russia. Russia is just, you know, uh, you know, economic sanctions from the world are get levied against Russia. You know, their economy is tanking. The value of the ruble is tanking. Fuck that, man. They did. They're just going straight blockchain now. They're just going Oops. straight Bitcoin, Russia coin, whatever. No, you know, that, Hey, it's so insane because, you know, there's a discussion also on protocol the other day where they were asking where they were saying, OK, look, there are discussions about kicking Russia off of Swift. Right. And so if they kick Russia off of Swift, then that's going to accelerate de-dollarization, which is basically like they're going to be, have a financial system which will not rely on dollar reserves and undermine the reserve, the status of the dollars, the currency, reserve currency in the world. And if that happens, then they'll just rely on cryptocurrencies or on alternative payment systems. Russia doesn't even have an alternative domestic payment system uh, yeah, that could replace SWIFT. And SWIFT, you know, for listeners, is just really a system that allows for um, automatic, you know, confirmation and settlement of tra- financial transactions on both sides by corresponding uh, banks or actors or firms to, to simplify it and butcher it pretty quickly, right? And so it's integrated into workflows so that these firms can you know, handle huge volumes of transactions automatically. It doesn't actually handle the money itself, but it does, again, like just settle and confirm the transactions and, and provide a secure messaging system. And so if you wanted to do a crypto alternative, you would first need to build up a fiat alternative so you could at least have the infrastructure for it to be done. They don't even have one. In Russia, the alternative system that they have is adopted by maybe 20% of the country. Um, so it's called F it's called SPFS, right? So if you have a system in your own country, that's only adopted by about 20%. How are you going to scale this up into a cryptocurrency? First, how are you going to make a cryptocurrency that will be backed by your central bank that will then be rolled out to replace the rest of, uh, to replace SWIFT to be integrated into F, uh, PSFS. It can't. Well, like all of these arguments insisting that Russia is going to start dodging sanctions, you know, start being able to undermine restrictions on its central bank with cryptocurrency. It's just fear mongering. They're like decades away from any of that. They handle too much money to use anything other than fiat. And they have no infrastructure for anything other than that. But I mean, when have, um, you know, crypto shows let facts get into and get in between them and like, you know, whatever rhetorical point that they're trying to make. It doesn't really matter here, right? And people keep insisting it partly as for part of the fear mongering, partly because of misunderstanding of like what crypto could actually do. You know, the most we'll see is like, like that protocol piece said, right? Ukraine might get $4 million. Ukraine has gone $4 million. Cool. Um, Russia has $69 billion that it spends on its military each year. Okay. Crypto might allow some people individually to continue to do transactions because if Swift is, if banks are banned from Swift, maybe their credit cards might stop working, right? Okay, you know, and that's cool, but also quite literally any other storage of value, if we're going to, you know, be good faith about it, any storehouse of value would be transactable if Swift came down, right? You could have blocks of gold in your fucking house. And they would they would carry the value that you wouldn't be able to get out of your um out of your credit cards or debit cards. Does that mean you should be buying gold? No. It's a horrible fucking storehouse of value. Or it's a horrible one in the sense that like if you need to instantly liquidate it, you're gonna have to lose value at all sorts of points along the transaction, right? Similarly with blockchains, uh blockchain based currencies, right? Or, or cryptocurrencies. It, it it's it's like it's just a lot of stupid arguments being made right now because people want to advance their own thing with crypto. Um, and we have to suffer it and read about it all fucking day because of them. And that really is what it is. It's, it's, it's another avenue for them to uh, try to increase the legitimacy of this thing, push their own thing as the solution to whatever problems are in the world. Uh, but also, Ed, I mean, you got to open your third eye here. As, right. the great, <laughs> as the great philosopher Deltron said, crises precipitate change. Right, right. You know what? What better crisis to precipitate the change uh, and the and the the new world of DeFi 
than than this you know that hey uh russia's gonna be on the on the on the block you know russia's gonna be on chain yeah you know i think russia would give up war if they were on the blockchain i think that uh if if every country was on the blockchain if their finances are on the blockchain um somehow i have no idea how but i'm sure someone will come up with some bullshit about why this would just lead to us never um you know having war you know like thomas friedman said countries that don't have countries that have mcdonald's don't go to war with each other okay 2022 my prediction is that countries who have blockchains don't go to to war with each other man you literally just took the thought <laughs> the same exact joke that was i was waiting to jump in and say it this is you know y'all, y'all heard of the democracy theory of peace right that democracies don't go to war with each other this is the this is the decentralization theory of peace the dow theory of peace two countries with DAOs have never gone to war with each other <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> all i'm saying Look, no co- two countries that have had DAOs have never gone to war with each other, right? Two countries with blockchains have never gone to war with each other. Two countries with central bank digital currencies will never go to war with each other, ever. You heard it here first. TMK, guarantee, or your cryptocurrency back. <laughs> All right. I, I do want to get into some of these actual things that are happening. Like you mentioned the, uh, the $4 million that have been donated to, to Ukraine, which is, you know, just, just chump change is nothing. Yeah, but, nothing. you know, this, this comes from the Ukrainian Ministry of Defense said it welcomed donations for logistics and medical support, but made it clear that it can only accept transfers of fiat money to its bank account. So, so, you know, the Ukrainian Ministry of Defense is trying to do a little bit of, you know, a little bit of crowdfunding saying, you know, they, they even posted their bank account information on its official website, but also said, quote, Numerous requests from individuals and legal entities who are not residents of Ukraine and wish to make donations and foreign currency for the logistics and medical support of the armed forces of Ukraine. But also, uh, all it, the money has to be sent in foreign currency. It cannot be sent using, quote, web money, Bitcoin, PayPal, etc. <laughs> so, so well, I That's yeah. They only want that fake shit. They want that fake fiat shit. But this hasn't stopped um, uh, an NGO called Comeback Alive. The protocol um, fintech newsletter lays it out. They say if you saw reports of crypto funding the Ukrainian military, that's likely because a NGO named Comeback Alive, which supports the military, has been taking Bitcoin. The NGO's website said donations could be made through Fondi, Swift. Bitcoin wallet or Patreon. And, and I'm, I'm sure some of y'all on Twitter saw this going around a tweet from friend of the show, past guest, Aaron Thorpe, Paradoomer, uh, on, online went super viral. Mm-hmm. And it's just, uh, uh, a screenshot of, uh, someone of, of, of another person saying, I just became a supporter of Ukraine's army for a thousand dollars a month on, on Patreon. Do the same and buy them some tanks and missiles if you can. And this shit is real. This NGO, Come Back Alive, does have a Patreon, uh, account called savelife.in.ua. Uh, and you can actually, they have, uh, different tiers on their Patreon. For four dollars a month, you can be on the bullet tier. Of for forty nine dollars a month, you can be on the bomb tier. Oh yeah. For two hundred and ninety nine dollars a month, you can be on the tank tier. For five hundred dollars a month or four ninety nine dollars a month, you can be on the aircraft tier. They even have a a, a carrier tier, uh, like a like a, a you know a naval warship carrier tier for. Uh, uh, it looks like $900 a month. So, hey, you know, buy, buy them some tanks and missiles on Patreon. Patreon's going to take, you know, 25, 30% of that, but that's just the price of doing business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Patreon's going to take a tank. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, seen, y'all seen War Dogs? Y'all seen that Nick Cage movie where he's a, a, a weapons dealer? You know, now, now, now you got Patreon. They're, they're the real criminals out here, you know, <laughs> taking their cut. We're going to have to redo our Patreon levels now. If I know where we can get some tank money. Yeah. I'm trying now, to get some tank money. I'm trying to get some ETH. 
Let's get some. Uh, the first tier is now one ETH or half a block, half a Bitcoin. <laughs> I just looked at the NGO has a million dollar a month level on which they'll they'll have uh, Oliver Tree come party with you. so as of reports from earlier this week uh the ngo's bitcoin wallet had received um almost 20 bitcoin or about seven hundred thousand dollars um which has since climbed or, or that was that was and and you know from a few nights ago and since then has climbed to over 112 bitcoin or roughly $4.4 $4.4 million. So this is where that $4 million um, uh, figure came from. But also as they lay out, it's not exactly game changing. You know, it might be helping some people. It, it might be helping some people. But I think this is also part of the, uh, you know, in previous conflicts, previous wars, right? We, we know the terms hacktivism or slacktivism. Uh, I mean, th- this is some cryptovism, right? Like that's all this is, is it, it's, it's all, it's spectacle, right? It's all spectacle. I mean, it's also down to the fact that like, you know, a lot, and a lot of people in the crypto community, a lot of really rich people in the crypto community are getting, are trying to jump on board with this. Sam Bankman Fried, who's the 29 year old CEO of the cryptocurrency exchange FTX, which FTX also had that Super Bowl ad with Larry David. Very, very sad, very sad, very sad anti Luddite uh, Super Bowl ad that, uh, you know, I'm sure all of y'all have seen it. If not, you know, go check it out. Very uh, sad to see Larry David hopping not only on the crypto bandwagon, but also on the anti Luddite bandwagon. FTX, which is, which is incorporated in the Bahamas by the way. Um, and, and Sam Bankman fried also totally normal. <laughs> has, yeah, totally normal. He also has a net worth of over $20 billion. Um, and he said he tweeted out online. He, he tweeted, um, brace yourself here. This is, this is some, you know, thank you to our billionaires. Thank you to Sam. Yeah. Thank you to Elon. Thank you to our billionaires. I'm Sam tweeted, leather. I'm, I'm kissing their feet. I'm kissing the ring. Sam tweeted, we just gave $25 to each Ukrainian on FTX. Do what you got to do. It's pathetic. <laughs> I mean, it's more than I've given. It's more than I've given. <laughs> it, I mean, but also, Jathan, you haven't, you haven't considered that, um, you know, when you give $25 to every Ukrainian, you're not giving them $25. You're investing in their future. You're investing in their future by giving them cryptocurrency because they'll hodl it and it'll grow in value exponentially. (laughs) I mean, what he should be doing instead of giving every man a fish, he should be teaching them how to fish. You know, he should be teaching them how to do spear phishing scams, uh, should be teaching them how to do day trading on FTX, uh, teaching them about how to have them diamond hands. You know, Sam Sam is out here doing charity. He's out here doing charity when he should be teaching them skills. (laughs) Exactly. Look. He gave them a fish egg. It'll grow into a fish, and then they have a decision: do they make the, do they let the fish? I don't even know where I was going to go either with the, with the metaphor. <laughs> I was like, how can I communicate that they think they're going to exponentially increase in value? Do you let the fish fertilize and grow somewhere, or do you eat it? This is the wheat from the chaff. You know which Ukrainians are going to huddle, and which Ukrainians are going to sell. You know who's going to realize that? Yeah, you can't eat a bitcoin. Sorry, you can't eat one eighth of one tenth of one half of one third of a Bitcoin. But <laughs> in five years, maybe you could eat lunch with it. Maybe. 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 That's the power of fractional ownership. Right. <laughs> You're owning a piece of the future now. And as you were breaking down the size of that Bitcoin, the uh, the image that I had was the old cartoon of like, Mickey Mouse cutting like shavings off of beans. Yes. And like everybody gets like a translucent shaving of a bean. You do what you gotta dinner. do. Do what you gotta do. <laughs> do what you gotta do. You can either sow this and grow it into maybe a, a bean. Do what you gotta do. Or you can eat it. <laughs> I'm gonna edit that out. I don't want to get tra- tra- trademark stricken over over that. <laughs> yeah, the mouse doesn't fuck around, dude. <laughs> the mouse does not fuck around. That's gonna be the thing that kills this podcast. Not the like 
yeah, maybe sabotage is good. Maybe maybe blow up a database. I don't know. Don't don't do that. But <laughs> <laughs> but um but no, all that is not going to get us taken down. Is me going oh! <laughs> like the algorithm <laughs> tunes in like the eye of Sauron and analyzes <laughs> the waveform to figure out if we used the if we had permission to use Mickey's voice. I feel like Disney listens to anything and everything. Like everything runs through some type of filter. <laughs> like that sounds a little bit like the uh it's a small world. Let's send them a copyright strike. Yeah, look yeah, look <laughs> up if they have rights to use that to reproduce that. And if not, send a see find out what their address is and send a cease and desist letter. And and if they do, find out how much it costs to buy it so we can yeah. own it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This reminds me, I mean, a little off tangent, but talking about, we're not going to get canceled for talking about sabotage, going to get canceled for, for doing a, a Mickey Mouse impression. I did. I was given a guest lecture in a friend of, in a friend of mine's uh, uh, science and technology policy master's course recently at uh, at University of Virginia. And one of the students asked me about like, what, like, what do we do about climate change, right? Like, what's the best approach to, you know, to, to trying to solve climate change? And I just, I went off on talking about sabotaging pipelines and blowing <laughs> up pipelines. And, and I, just, yeah. I just went absolutely just fucking like, uh, mom pilled on them. And, oh, yes. <laughs> and I went into this fugue state. And the, my my friend, who's uh, whose course this is, and about half of the students were just looking at me wide eyed, like, oh, oh no! <laughs> I, was like, I was like, sorry, sorry. <laughs> if I truly the believe. Students were, <laughs> the students were like, what, "What? What was his last name again?" Kaczynski. Something? Something this, Polish, I don't know. This, this is also in the same course where one of the people uh, said that uh, one of the students said that it was their dream to to work for InQtel. Um, so, oh god, <laughs> <laughs> you, that's your case officer, Jason. That's your new no. case officer. <laughs> like, I got I got reported to the CIA immediately yeah. <laughs> like, before the course even was done. I, I had a file on me. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Uh, oh my god! Wow, their dream to work in InQtel. Did they explain why? That's just, I mean, it goes back to what we were talking about with Bjorn. This is just the power of growing up in the belt, in the DC beltway, you know, yeah. just being like, uh, enculturated into that stuff. Anyways, <laughs> back to all the, uh, shout out to my, my CIA case officer who I'm sure is listening <laughs> right now. <laughs> we see you, we hear you. We do not give a fuck. <laughs> I want to get back to some of the Web3 stuff because it is, I mean, right. it, it's all absurd. It's absurd. And it also, we started off the show talking about my, you know, my, my tweet that has people really mad at me. But it also is interesting to see some of the, um, dis, like the internal discourse within the Web3 community of people also not knowing if things are uh, scams or good faith or what, right? Like there was, uh, you know, Maxwell Strachan has, um, you know, some quotes from uh, people saying, quote, some including the NFT focused Twitch streamer, Andrew Wang, worried about the potential for Ukraine related crypto scams. Uh, Wang wrote, quote, we'd have to make sure it's not a rug and that there's full transparency because of people who are launching an NFT project to help the effect affected people in Ukraine. Um, agreed one member of the Board Ape Yacht Club community who claims to spend his time gambling on JPEGs and magic internet money. So it's very interesting. And uh, I mean, this, this, they're also reaping what they sowed. I want to step in and note magic internet money is both a joke, but also literally the name of the currency. There's a currency you need to buy a lot of things in, in de decentralized finance called magic internet money on a platform called Abracadabra. <laughs> it's, all, it's all beyond parody, which again, which again gets back to why there's people still yelling at me online. It's all beyond yeah. parody, <laughs> but it's, it's interesting to see these people who are also being like, we have to make sure that this isn't a rug pool, you know, because uh, you cannot deny that this space is just full of scams and rug pools. 
uh, Maxwell runs down a, a handful of the responses to what's ha- to to the you know the tra- tragic events and the conflict in Ukraine by some of these Web three people. So he says, you know. One crypto investor, entrepreneur, and board ape own, uh, owner, David Gokstein, wrote, "We have to pow- We have the power to help." Uh, another, you know, um, the founder of Ave, a decentralized finance protocol, protocol, agreed. "Quote: Web three is positioned to help people during oppression." Matt Medved, the co-founder and CEO of a NFT news and analysis site wondered how the community could quote come together and the co-founder of origin protocol asked if any NFT creators were quote interested in linking up to do a hundred percent for charity drop for Ukraine relief. Some saw the conflict itself as proof of crypto's might. Crypto-focused YouTuber Matt Wallace said the Ukrainian people, quote, needed to switch to cryptocurrency quickly to avoid the risk of their bank accounts being seized or frozen. CNBC ran a headline saying Ukraine's decision to suspend cash electronic transfers was bolstering the use for crypto. Again, everyone, everyone is like, "This, this is it. This is proof that the, the of the might of crypto, of the usefulness of crypto." I'll go back to Maxwell. I mean, this article is just—it's very it. funny. It's such a good roundup. I think about it so much. Uh, some, like the Cosmic Cowgirls NFT group, were happy to simply express their support for the people of Ukraine and leave it at that. Others announced that Thursday was not the day to profit by dropping new digital assets. The NFT group Weather Report, tagline Rain or Shine, We're Here, announced in a branded press release that it would be delaying the minting of its signature digital assets by 24 hours out of respect for the people of Ukraine. Folks, can we get a moment of silence? (laughs) (laughs) Please. It goes on and on. There's so much of this stuff that's going on. It's never ending. You know, so I mentioned the, you know, uh, uh, Russian punk group, you know, Pussy Riot formed a DAO called Ukraine DAO to, quote, use the power of Web3 tech and community to raise funds for Ukrainian organizations. There was another person who got in trouble because they were buying NFTs of art by Ukrainian artists and then turning around and selling those NFTs on a secondary market at at a profit. But then when called out for it, he claimed that he was doing it so he could then donate the profits to help Ukrainian artists. This is, this is how you're going to save the Ukrainian people. You have to, you have to steal their art, flip it, and then use the money to invest it in other projects that will raise awareness and then generate more revenue so then you can donate that to the Patreon where you can buy a tank and then send it. <laughs> it's it's uh there's levels. There's five D this is five D chess. You have to think about that. So many levels. <laughs> <laughs> Some people do feel bad about their about their willing and dealing, you know, during these times. Though, you know, they feel bad about one person, uh, you know, one NFT collector uh, at Gerard as well on Twitter tweeted out mixed feelings of joy and grief that I sold a photo for 125 Ethereum or you know just over three hundred thousand dollars on the saddest day on earth. Hashtag stop war. What the actual fuck? Fuck it. One Ethereum to five lucky winners. Follow, retweet, like, comment, hashtag NFT. And then someone in someone (laughs) in the reply said NFT and prayers to Ukraine. Wow. Wow. (laughs) You know, it's just it's the So let me get this right. He spent he he got 125 Ethereum from the sale of a of a JPEG. Felt sad about it because it was the same day as the invasion, and decided to donate five Ethereum, but only if you followed, liked, and retweeted his post. 
and commented NFT. Oh my God. <laughs> We're all going to hell. These people, especially, and I'll find each and every single one of them. And then that same tweet also ended LFG. Any hashtag NFTs recommendations? God, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kill myself. It's going to be because of fucking NFTs. God damn it. Oh my God. Oh my God. They can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> <laughs> They can't keep getting away with it. Oh my god! <laughs> it's too much. It's just too much. One of the most frustrating uh, things about the proliferation of NFTs is um, seeing how deeply shallow and self-centered and navel-gazing a lot of the people with the money are. I don't. It wouldn't really be any better if they were a bunch of philanthropic, philanthropic assholes because, as we know, philanthropy doesn't actually end up, or it ends up money. It ends up like laundering the reputations of these people, and they still get wealthier at a rate that clips eclipses the um, the rate of giving. But it would be it it would be less infuriating, you know, if the people who were running a lot of these NFT circle scam schemes were not so genuinely dense and stupid and unable to hear themselves say, I just sold something for 125 NFT. I feel bad about it. I'm going to sell a fifth of a fifth of what I got. You know, I'm going to sell fucking 25th of what I got um, so that, you know, I can help five people who have internet access in Ukraine right now. Not even saying he's going to uh, like give five lucky Ukrainians an Ethereum either. Just five lucky people who, who like retweet and comment. They're all going to be sock puppet accounts. <laughs> it, it also reminds me how, you know, Web3 is going great. You know, amazing website. If you don't, f- you know, frequent it already, you should. Was talking about how um, the other day there were, you know, there was a bunch of warnings essentially that cryptocurrency scammers have turned their eyes to the crisis in Ukraine um, uh, to take advantage of people. I'll quote here, you know, because the, the passage is pretty short. Some have taken the tactic of pretending to be a person trying to escape the country and asking people via private message to send cryptocurrency. Others have set up sketchy crowdfunding projects that claim they will send the money to various Ukrainian causes. One scam project tried to get people to buy Ukraine token with vague promises of regular donations and support. Ukraine-themed NFT projects have also sprung up all over the place, promising to donate portions of proceeds with very few avenues to distinguish the legitimate from the scams. Some existing NFT projects have created Ukraine-themed items to add to their collections. Other NFT projects that have nothing to do with Ukraine have tried to tempt buyers by claiming they will donate a portion of the proceeds, 5% in one case, to Ukrainian war relief funds. Individual sellers have also tried to use the crisis to increase the sales of NFTs they own, promising to donate their profits. Needless to say, my advice, if you're hoping to donate to relief, would be to skip cryptocurrency and NFTs altogether. Pick any of the many verified relief funds out there, which then goes on to connect to a blog post by Avast, right? The uh, fucking antivirus security software that also has a media operation, a blog, right? It's warning its users, its own users, that cryptocurrency scams are taking advantage of the Ukraine of the, of the Ukraine Russia, you know, for war, right? And so, you know, in the blog post, they write as, as cyber criminals seek to take advantage of the chaos. We have tracked in the last forty eight hours a number of scammers who are tricking people out of money by pretending they are Ukrainians in desperate need of financial help. In the past, we have seen similar scams for people stuck while traveling or looking out for love. Unfortunately, these attacks do not operate ethically and will use any opportunity to get money out of people willing to send help to others in need. What's suspicious is the immediate mention of Bitcoin, as well as the usernames that consist only of letters and numbers. And there have been multiple reports of this happening increasingly, right? Uh, Because there has been increased hype about cryptocurrency, about how Ukraine got $4 million in cryptocurrency, even though, again, as we talked about, that's a drop in the bucket. How individuals are being able to thrive with cryptocurrency, even if they're 
credit cards are disconnected, even though that any storehouse of value works in a crisis where your, your, you know, your uh, bank connected accounts might be disconnected. And even though people are fear mongering about cryptocurrency replacing fiat in Russia, even though when they don't have an actual alternative to any existing dollar centered payment system in the country itself, right? All of this fear mongering, all of this lies, all of this hype have raised crypto to a higher level in people's minds and awareness that now people are using it to capitalize on scams and now more people are going to fall for them. Mm -hmm. No greater hive of villainy and scum than Web3. I mean, obviously this kind of war profiteering, these kinds of scams and stuff happen all the time for any crisis, whether it's a conflict, a war, a natural disaster, anywhere where there's, you know, people trying to crowdfund relief where there's people trying to channel uh you know charitable contributions into um humanitarian aid or anything like that obviously there's going to be scams there's going to be rug pulls there's going to be all this stuff but what web3 has provided is a way for this stuff to uh just boom out of control uh, a multiplicity of new avenues for the scamming to happen a new discourse uh, you know, an ideological veneer to to trick people into it, while also trying to claim that they're you know saving the world, that they're doing something uh, better. You know, it, it's all again is what we say again and again about Web three. It's uh, it's what you know. Uh, another you know, friend of the show Paris Marx also just had a really good essay come out on um, Real Life magazine, not about Ukrainian conflict and all that, but just about the metaverse in general, um, and in particular about the you know the what's new or what's old is new againism of of the metaverse. You know, and we say that same thing about Web three, right? This is just old wine poured into new bottles. So you know, none of this stuff is unique. But it is a, a it is an evolution. It's an expansion of this kind of stuff. It's an exponential um, growth of the the scams and grifters and hustlers and profiteers and just general general scum and villainy. So much of it. There's no shortage of it uh, going on right now. While also no shortage of people, you know, again beating their chest about you know uh, their Jake Travinsky, head of policy at the Blockchain Association, you know, says we're going to start a Ukraine relief DAO. And the whole point of of making those kinds of announcements is not to actually do anything, but to be seen to do as doing something, right? To be seen as marshalling the powers of this new technology that uh, they have uh, a lot of financial and personal and other kinds of interest wrapped up in as. No crisis is too big to be solved by our technology. That's what this always comes down to. But it also always actually looks more like that old saying of never let a crisis go to waste. You know, that's what's going on here. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I know, dude. I know. It burns. It burns. It's like touching a fucking oven. (laughs) I feel like every hour spent talking about this just like burns huge chunks of like brain matter away i mean you will i mean this earnestly i mean this in the truest sense i'm not being facetious i have never read about any crypto project and not felt like i was having a stroke not felt like i was losing brain cells not felt like i was feeling parts of my brain die and wither away forever i mean every single one of them rely on a certain sense a certain you know suspension of disbelief the rhetorical moves that we've talked about in episodes before in the episode with morozov and the episode on facebook's metaverse bullshit you know none of it is actually um rigorous or coherent or holds up unless you suspend disbelief for a bit and sometimes the suspension of disbelief is masqueraded as like, well, this is what a good faith actor would do. Good faith actor would take us at our word, even if we haven't demonstrated that our word is believable, trustworthy, demonstrable, actionable, any of the things that you would need to do that, right? Whatever. A lot of the times what we're dealing with with crypto is people who may be very earnest about a good thing that they want to do, have no fucking idea how to do it, no roadmap to do it, right? No realistic vision for it, no conception or thought about the ideological trappings that come with whatever it is they're trying to smuggle in, 
Um, no, no concern for the commodification and no concern for much of anything beyond the amount of money that could be made and how that money immediately will be able to benefit everybody. And maybe that's talking with a broad strokes, but I mean, just more and more, I grow less and less, I grow more and more cynical with it, with my, my sense of it, right? It's just like I've mm-hmm. yet to really come across many, more than a handful of projects that are anything other than bold face. Let's all make money. That's what it all comes down to. I mean, absolutely. That's what it all comes down to. And it's what makes it like very, very like impossible to discern the good faith stuff. I was talking to a, a friend and collaborator of mine who is trying to work within some of the Web3 stuff, you know, taking that, you know, doing what Morizov said, right? Like taking that seriously mm-hmm. of like, what are the good faith projects here? What could actually happen that, you know, might be useful for leftist goals and ends. I was talking there and she was at this, you know, big uh, Ethereum Denver conference and just left it feeling like so absolutely disillusioned by, and this was a conference that, you know, like Vitalik Buterin was a keynote at, right? Nathan Schneider was talking at. So this wasn't just some like, little meetup you know at a at a pub or something is you know proper conference um and just left it feeling so disillusioned being like damn like everybody i talked to truly was just only interested in how can we commodify things that aren't already commodified how can we put a monetary price on things that don't already have a monetary price how can we uh ramp up the the financialization of all of that like when you go mm-hmm. to these places where these people are talking to each other, right? right? They're not doing PR. They're not putting out press releases. They're not doing propaganda. They're not, you know, trying to convince the public of their own, uh, you know, pure heart and good intentions. When they're just talking to each other, you know, business to business, mano y mano, this is what they talk about. This is how they talk about it. This is how they reveal what their actual interests are in this space, right? Um, and they're unashamed, they're unabashed, they're very serious about it. And and so, you know, all of this needs to be taken with a huge old mountain of salt. I mean, also, you know, you mentioned Web3 is going great. I mean, just a, a fantastic uh, roundup of all this stuff by Molly White. And apologies to Molly White, who got tagged multiple times in my shit post with people oh. being like, yo, Molly White, Web3 is going great, check this out. And Molly had to be like, this is a joke. Jathan is one of the good ones. Like he, yeah. he's not, you know. <laughs> Sorry, Molly. Sorry, Molly. I said up top, I'll say again, right? Like this is not the episode where we're coming with, you know, the the hot takes on Ukraine, where we're coming with some, you know, uh, deep analysis of the, you know, U- Russian-Ukrainian conflict or anything like that. This is, you know, there we need some levity. Yeah, this shit sucks and it's stupid and, it, it, you know, it, it hurts my brain to think about. But it is also very funny. It's intense. It's intensely funny uh, that this is that this is going on. But also, as you know, I said at the top of the show, I do feel heartened that I think a lot of people have a have a hair trigger with this stuff that they are just prepared to not take it at face value and are prepared to, if you don't feel shameful for, for saying it, well, they are going to shame you into oblivion for it, right? They're going to make you feel shame for it. I think that's Mm -hmm. a good thing. Maybe some, at some point in the future, we'll, we'll have, you know, an analysis of all of of what's happening. We'll talk to people who do know more about what's going on. Um, We also just need more time to think about it, to watch what's unfolding. Um, There's also very little of, value that can come out of hot takes and hair trigger takes um, that we see, you know, the commentary whose whole lives are spent doing that, you know, having hot and hot takes and, and, and hair trigger analysis, you know, it's also all 99% of it is wrong and dumb and proven wrong and dumb immediately after saying it. Right. So we need more time to actually have a, a real material analysis, talk to people who we trust But until then, 
this shit is funny. All right. The web three shit is funny. Um, the roundup stuff it's, you know, worth keeping an eye on it as well. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I don't think any of it's going to succeed. I think if anything, it's just going to be blowback. It's going to blow up in their face. It's going to backfire. You know, maybe, uh, God willing, you know, this stuff will also, um, shave off some of the, the growing legitimacy that the uh, Web3 and crypto bullshit has when it's just proven to be so craven, um, so opportunistic, uh, you know, war profiteering, not a good look, fam, not a good look. Unless it's on the blockchain. <laughs> then, then all bets are off and it's probably going to help somebody. Peace is immutable. Peace is immutable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what the that's what the Metal Gear Solid series was actually all about. Um, it, you know, the Patriots were actually NFTs. If you think about it, a lot of people don't understand that. <laughs> 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 with that said, um, we're, you know, we're hitting you with a, a normal length podcast, which has been really out of fashion for us. <laughs> on tmk this this year so far um something a bit a bit lighter for a very heavy subject uh something a bit more normal length uh and all that so anyway thank you all for listening you can find us at uh um, patreon.com subscribe to um the bullet tier if you can uh but if you can give more then do what you got to do. Hit us on the bomb tier, the tank tier, the aircraft carrier tier. All that stuff is available at patreon.com slash this machine kills. Um, you can, <laughs> you can support us, uh, in our own war of position and war of maneuver against, uh, the, the tech community against web three, against all this, uh, bullshit. So until then, uh, thoughts out to what's happening in Ukraine, of course, We'll hit y'all with more on that in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So until next week or until the premium feed, if you catch us there, we're doing our Dawn of Everything book club. We got uh, chapter three of that coming out on the premium feed this week. So follow along with us there on Patreon. Until then, see ya. Adios.